who as a kid or a teenager hasn't been told by the adults, wait until you get older, then you'll see how hard life can get. Though problems might get bigger as you grow older, for some mysterious reason, we easily forget just how hard and dramatic life can seem to a young person and just how unequipped you still are to deal with it at that age. Every problem you encounter is completely new and therefore huge, ungraspable. Kids these days might be much more aware of politics, climate change or power of the human capital and have better means, technology, perhaps education to understand and solve modern problems than any other generation before. Yet there are questions that every young person eventually has to face and that remain eternally obscure no matter the era. How do I know if I love someone? How do I navigate the social structures? How do I know who I am or who I want to be? Can literature still help answer these questions? Moreover, can it help a young person of today? This is Literature from Finland Podcast. I'm Urte from Helsinki Literary Agency. And in this episode, the author of young adult and new adult books, Ilan Strömberg, discusses the unbearable lightness of a young adult's world. Welcome, Ellen, through the phone phone connection. It's really nice to have you on our podcast. Thank you. It's nice to be here. <laughs> Ellen, you are an author of several books and mostly write for and about young people, teenagers and so-called new adults. In other words, young people who are just about to enter adulthood. Uh, as I mentioned in the introduction, I feel that thanks to better technologies and maybe more availability to education, young people of today are much more aware of what's going on in the world and understand it in a much more complex way than the previous generations. So what does it mean mm -hmm. to write for and about young people today? To put it simply, do you personally think that your job has become harder? Well, it's uh, it's tempting to answer yes, mostly as an excuse for my uh, my flaws in my writing. Uh, but I think as um, I think the world has grown in the same pace as teenagers' uh, minds today. Like even though teenagers today might have Uh, more of an understanding of the world than what I did just fifteen, mm. twenty years ago. I think also the world. I was not. Um, I mean, internet. I was on the internet as a teenager, but it wasn't as. It wasn't a natural part of my everyday life, and I think uh, teenagers today are. Um, I don't think that you necessarily feel that you know more just because you see more of the world. Mm. Or maybe I, I think... Um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe both yes and no. I think like 
feelings, even though the world and the everyday life and the mostly the technologies are different today, I think what really matters or what I'm trying to write about mostly is the same feelings and emotions and and uh, thoughts and I don't think they really change at all. Right, right, exactly. That they're or I'm uh, hoping not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um I want to begin by talking about your most recent work, uh, a young adult novel called We'll Just Write Past, uh, of whom I'm a huge fan. And uh, the novel focuses on two best friends, uh, Manda and Marlin, who live in a small town and they feel like nothing ever happens there. Uh, and the novel is set at what to them feels like an enormous threshold of their lives, the last spring before uh, they start high school. And I felt that the entire novel was actually defined by this atmosphere of hugeness, that every little thing feels like a massive step in teenagers' course of life or like the end of the world and yeah. Uh, yeah and to me apart from the fact that it just as we now giggle at it and and apart from the fact that it it often puts a smile on your face at the same time it also felt incredibly touching and very relatable um, the novel does a great job at, at capturing these little details and also putting them into context of the modern world for example just how powerful of a social gesture it is to start following a boy you like on instagram and how much deliberation it requires and how huge mm. it is when the boy starts following you back um, how do you this is really amazing to me and i thought about it a lot while reading a book how do you really do it how do you manage to remember and to write so precisely and convincingly of what it means to be young of what it means to be a teenager uh, first and foremost thank you for those kind <laughs> words uh, and secondly i um, i mean i am 35 at this point yeah. but most days i still feel like a teenager <laughs> a teenager with back aches <laughs> and and or knees sometimes, but uh, but it I am pretty emotional driven driven person, and I think that is uh, I think that's actually uh, helpful when writing about um, teenagers right. or people in general. Um, but I don't know. I think it's just um. I I I it feels like my teenage years are very present even today. I remember very. Uh, I can still remember very very well because I grew up in a in a small place, very uh, uh, um, close to Jakobstad where I live today, and. Um, and I just felt like I was waiting all the time for the, my actual life to begin. Right. And I can still feel that sometimes, even though I'm more in control of my own life now and I'm also more pleased right. with it than I was then. But just that I was waiting for some sort of key to drop in my lap, a key to the door that would open my actual life or the real life or something like that and I think um, 
I don't know, maybe it's just because I don't have kids on my own, but I've been able to stay a teenager yeah. for longer than, <laughs> than most people. I haven't been, a, I, I never, um, or I, I don't uh, have to take the responsibility of a fully uh, grown-up person yet. Um, yeah. Or the fact that I work, I, uh, I work with teenagers as well. Uh, uh, we have uh, uh, creative writing courses with yeah. uh, teenagers, uh, and I think that also has helped me having like a, um, a actual like actual contact with people of that age. Right, right. Yeah. Not not that they like they're they necessarily inspire me, but that just they they remind me of what it is and how actual actually important these things that uh, that are so easily to just think of as naive or mundane yeah. or whatever <laughs> as, a, as a grown up and I think um, that that helps they keep me young <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly word. that's very that's very interesting yeah yeah and the the novel also captures Uh, quite many sort of more serious nuances, uh, the nuances that have something to do with what I said earlier about young people not having the tools yet to deal with all these big feelings and, and these things that are happening to them. Um, the two protagonists uh, constantly come up with these uh, elaborate plans on how to meet their crushes, sort of accidentally but on purpose mm -hmm. um, and how to make an impression on the boys but but when it actually happens when one of them is kissing a boy she likes uh, she suddenly is not sure anymore about whether she wants it at all and this is where the confusing part of sort of of the teenager's life begins how do you know what's right and right and wrong if you don't have a point of reference. For instance, mm. how do you know how the boy is supposed to or isn't supposed to behave during the kissing if you haven't kissed anyone before? And especially when all this time you have been so sure that this is all you wanted in the whole world is to kiss that boy. Mm. So how can you say no in that kind of situation? And should you say no? Is this appropriate? Um, by writing about this because it's so complicated and so nuanced and even you know today when we have had already this whole me too sort of you know um, kind of revolution and and I think young people also talk about it more uh, still mm. by writing about this are you trying to sort of help the young to understand their feelings or perhaps this is just sort of an attempt to analyze more generally our society and, and it's still prevailing structures and, and hierarchies, social hierarchies? I think um, I don't really have the ambition of helping anyone. <laughs> it would feel very pretentious of me to think that I somehow had the secret <laughs> to, <laughs> like the key to something. Um I think I'm in this specific uh, book. I think I try to somehow. It's not uh, necessarily 
uh, autobiographical. Yeah, is that the word. Yeah, autobiographical. But it, yeah, uh, but it's. Uh, I think I was somehow trying to maybe understand my own actions and feelings as a as a teenager, mm. and the feeling of not really knowing what you want or thinking that this is this is what I want when in when it actually just is yeah. it it's something else that you seek or that you need yeah. or and also how uh anticlimactical it can be to actually uh reach a goal or uh, having being able to kiss the boy you want to kiss for so long and then you're all of a sudden there and it's you just realize you built up this whole yeah. <laughs> world around <laughs> someone without even knowing them and they're not at all what you thought they would be yeah uh, <clears throat> and i think i just kind of wanted to somehow understand my own feelings as a teenager but also maybe try and to um i mean i was very awkward as a teenager i still am but like really um socially not very successful <laughs> teenager, and, and it's just um i i kind of wanted to uh cringing when thinking about my, yeah. <laughs> my teenage years yeah. and I, I, I don't know if it really helped uh, or if I'm actually there yet but it's very nice to hear especially from people I kind of knew growing up or went to the same high school as or something uh, and they say like oh this is I, I can recognize myself so much in yeah. this or Blah blah blah, and yeah. it's kind of like eye-opening. Like, oh, but you were the cool. I I always <laughs> thought you were really cool back then, and then maybe we weren't that different after all. Yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is, this, yeah. Is, this <laughs> is why I'm saying that you know I asked uh, if your intention is to sort of help, and and it's very sort of very polite and humble answer from you but I you know we were just talking before this recording with my colleague that uh, when we were sort of growing up we we had children's books and then when we were adults mm. we had adult books but we never had this like teenage books um, in, in Lithuania from where I'm from and and it's you know, when I was reading your book, like so many these small details, they were so recognizable, and and it took me years uh, as an adult person to sort of figure those things out. And I mm. was just thinking, like, if I had that book when I was 13, 14 years old, you know, when the first sort of boyfriends or crushes start, and it like it would really have helped me to survive. <laughs> and and yeah, just sort of just the feeling what you just said, you know, in your last sentence uh, that exactly that so many pretty much every one of us go through this stage and mm. we all do feel that and we all kind of have these very awkward weird moments uh, no matter like are we like the awkward you know sort of outcasts of, <laughs> of, mm. of high schools or or are we just like popular the, po the popular ones you know like we all go through these uh, stages so yeah it's I think it's just incredibly but well the, yeah the thing is I think those books were 
they were like they existed when I was a kid or a teenager, mm. but I never read them. I I don't think um, even if that lesson have, would have been served to me, mm. <laughs> then I don't think I would yeah. like been able to. Um, sort I don't of take know. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a Hopefully very good point. <laughs> it's a very good point that maybe we are sort of meant to understand those things later and not not yeah. when we are fourteen years old. <laughs> yeah, uh, the girls in the <clears throat> in the novel live in a very small place, a sort of place where they feel they know everyone and every corner and everything and everyone seem quite boring. And throughout the novel, this big dream of living in New York serves as a sort of symbol of freedom, of this incredible, exciting life awaiting them. I personally could really relate to this feeling, and this is exactly what you said before, you know, sort of waiting and, and thinking that there's going to be this key <laughs> drop to you mm. when your new actual life will start. But at the same time, I was thinking about this about the youth of today and the youth that has, you know, the internet and, and much more opportunities to travel. They're way more connected to the world. Um, and they have, I guess many of them have uh, more opportunities to see the world uh, than what we had when, when we were teenagers. So do you think mm. that, that young people of today still have <laughs> anything to dream about? And, and, that, and what is then the place of literature in the world of endless possibilities? Oh, but I still think there are things. I think... Um, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of more windows to the world today. Like you can see yeah. anywhere at, at any time by Google Maps or Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I think you're still not able maybe to live your life as you want as a teenager. Or most teenagers aren't like in control of their own life yeah. and aren't... Um, even though there are more possibilities today, there are still there are still like economical struggles or just being born in a small city town or whatever. <laughs> it's just uh, I think uh, I think the dreams are still there, or I, or I really hope they are, because otherwise uh, I don't know where we're heading. <laughs> but I. Yeah, that's a very. I think the youth, youth of today are as frustrated, or, or if not more than we were. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, very uh, true. Yeah, um, yeah, and coming to frustration and sort of a bit more serious, <clears throat> serious topics, uh, the novel touches upon as well, and and it touches upon psychological issues and and trauma that young people. Mm, uh, sometimes and maybe often go through and very often are reluct reluctant to reveal or maybe once again simple aren't just you know simply aren't equipped to to re to talk about uh, these things and the topic mm. is even more elaborately and and very impressively explored in your um earlier novel uh, from 2019 called uh, Itch. Uh, it follows mm. a young woman called Rebecca whose mind sort of speedily deteriorates after a trauma she has experienced. And what's so powerful about this novel is that the deterioration 
happens pretty much completely internally in her own mind and eventually making her sort of lose the grip of reality a little bit and, and leading to quite a dramatic outcome. Um, I recently read a, a devastating article about children's suicide and there was a psychiatrist uh, quote mm. saying that exactly because of lack of tools to deal with life situations, children and, and teenagers are often more prone to turning to very radical solutions, for instance, suicide, even if the mm. situation itself uh, would seem very mundane and just stupid to an adult and very simple. And at the mm. same time, I feel teenagers' feelings can often be dismissed by adults as not serious enough, as just sort of another teenage drama. Um, so would you say that it is the case that, that teenagers are often dismissed as, you know, just going through a phase and if so do you think that it's also uh, that in in that case also young adult literature is often taken less seriously than it maybe deserves yeah i think it's uh, absolutely um i also think that it's kind of built in in a teenager's uh, emotional life right that it's i know myself i know it's it's sometimes hard to take it serious when someone is very upset one day because you know that the next week or the day after could be something completely different because the highs are so much higher and the lows are so much lower. <laughs> but I think um, uh, as an author or as a, just a human being, I think it's very important to take uh, these feelings like treat them with respect, even though you can think like, yeah, well, you know, you'll get past it or, you know, tomorrow you've forgotten about it or it's not that big of a deal. But I think it's, um, I think everyone's feelings deserve to be met with respect at least. Right, right. Um, and I think that's very, I think that's kind of the, uh, uh, with an like as an author, I think it's very, very important to always um, <clears throat> the people you are writing about, no matter what age or gender or past you write about, you always have to respect your um, um, their feelings and their and their choices, even though you don't really understand yeah. yourself all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and do you think, so what do you think about the sort of the, the status of young adult literature? Do you think that it sort of gets enough attention from your experience, at least as an author? Mm, I think it's, it's slowly starting to change. Mm. I feel that like young adult literature uh, or even other more commercial genres or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think they're starting to um, people are actually taking them as serious literature. Literature. Yeah. I can I can never say that word <laughs> correctly. Um, and I think especially maybe with them because the whole like um, everyone can be a critic today. Right. And with the whole like explosion of book talk on TikTok and everything. I feel like everyone can find their 
critics or their sources for um, tips or, you know, right. just book chats. And I think that helps uh, genres like young adult, which like uh, traditionally hasn't had that, I don't know, yeah. good reputation or seen as higher literature or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and as a literary agent, I nowadays hear a lot of uh, complaints by publishers in, in various countries that translations of young adult literature are being sort of completely overtaken by authors writing in English uh, because mm. the youth can read their works in the original language today. So how, if we talk more specifically about Finland, uh, how would you describe the state of young adult literature in Finland, especially as an author who, who writes in Swedish? And uh, yeah, what, what, what do you think Finnish and, and Finnish-Swedish literature can, um, can offer, or young, young, uh, young adult authors from, from Finland uh, can offer that the English authors cannot? Well, I think... Um I don't. I I I I had. I don't have that big uh, grasp on how it is on the Finnish-speaking side of it. Right. Uh, but uh, as a Swedish-speaking uh, author, I think uh, that we kind of forgotten about the teenagers the last couple of. I don't know. There have there there's all like saying this feels like taking a risk because of course there's always one or two authors that rights for teenagers and that I'm now forgetting and they will get pissed off but I like in we have such a we we have such a nice and beautiful tradition of writing for younger children in yeah. uh, in Swedish and Finland and I think like we kind of forgot the older children yeah, yeah. <laughs> or not forgot but maybe it's just uh, you know we have this big tradition of 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 children's lit- literature and I we kind of concentrated on that but I um, my experience is that today there are very interesting things happening with the books for young adults or teenagers that are it's it's brewing brewing in a lot of places in in uh, Swedish speaking Finland so I'm hoping there is uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe not a revolution, but there is there are there are things happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's very uh, that's very wonderful to hear. We are hoping, as agents, we are also <laughs> hoping for a revolution in young adult literature. And and you are very right. Yeah, and I think now you know you're talking, and I'm thinking that also maybe. Uh, yeah, this sort of young adult, uh, for instance, when I was a teenager, we were sort of, at least at school, very pushed to read, mm. to kind of transfer to transfer, transfer straight from children's books into sort of adult books. That when I was 14, 15, we were kind of pushed to read these really serious, you know, classics and, and sort of literature and, and books for adults. So I guess it's, yeah, it's, it's a sort of, it's also quite a difficult genre because it's quite hard to... Uh, define what what's a young adult like where it starts and where it ends yeah i don't think i think i read more young adult books today than i did as an actual <laughs> teenager because i was very pretentious and i read a lot of 
like you said, like all these classics, and yeah. I was trying to be very grown up <laughs> by the age of twelve already. And I, I, yeah, I don't. I think um, uh, I think it's kind of common for young people to maybe just uh, try and be more grown up by reading grown up. <laughs> So, and I don't know if, if literature should have an age limit at all, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, th- can you tell us uh, now that you you said that you read more uh, young adult literature or young adult books today? Do you have your favorite authors um, from anywhere, not necessarily from Finland, but just uh, uh, young adult authors oh, that you like? Uh, oh. Oh, it's such a hard question answering about favorite books and authors. But I really want to. I read. Uh, I, it's actually a Finnish young adult book called Ihana by uh, Des Terencheva. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's actually translated, but I read it in Finnish, and it's kind of it's uh, it's written in this kind of experimental, almost stream uh, of consciousness poetry way. Yeah. And it was really, really funny and beautiful and queer and lovely. And I would recommend it to anyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Desterendiava Ihana, I think it was nominated for Runeberg Prize last year, if I'm not mistaken. Or one of the, yeah, one of the bigger sort of um, children's and yeah. young adult literature prizes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's one uh, name that comes up like on the top of my mind right now yeah yeah um and so okay so now you said that you were very pretentious as a teenager and read <laughs> read all kinds of adult books but um yeah wh- what what kind of books did you read what kind of authors did you read when you were a teenager what what sort of formed you as a young person uh well i wrote i read a lot of stephen king as right. one does <laughs> a certain age in life, uh, and a lot of. Um, I was very like I was. I was not a goth, but I was, you know, dyed my hair black and had. Yeah. Very yeah. I was <laughs> sort of. I yes. was not a happy teenager, <laughs> yeah. or at least I didn't want to be seen as a happy teenager. So I read a lot of uh, like uh, novels and poetry with dark themes that suited my black soul <laughs> uh, but I really liked uh, uh, I think that's one thing that Finnish literature or maybe even Nordic literature can can give teenagers uh, to answer one of your previous questions mm. is that we never shy away from dark feelings here yeah. or we never we, we that's, I think that can uh, be something that a lot of Gothic kids can, yeah. can uh, like, and I really liked um, the Swedish-speaking uh, uh, Edith Södergran. Yeah, she's a poet. She she wrote poetry and died as a young person, and very yeah. tragic and very kind of Gothic themes. So themes. So that's uh, something I enjoyed as a teenager, and still do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's that. That's very right. That's a very 
a very beautiful point and beautiful way to sort of end our conversation. Uh, to finish, um, traditionally, three very <laughs> um, topical questions. Uh, who mm -hmm. is your current literary crush? Uh, my current literary crush, uh, I think I would have to answer Yajenbari. She's a Swedish author and I just finished uh, her latest book, Detaljena, The yeah, Details. The Details. And it was amazing and now I'm obsessed with her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Detaljena. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I haven't haven't read that one yet. That's a oh, good. it's lovely. You should. <laughs> <laughs> good book tip. Uh, what was the most surprising book you've recently read? Um, I um, I listened to the a book called Free by Leah Upi. Yeah. She's a Albanian slash British professor of some sort, maybe philosopher. I'm not really sure. Uh, but she she writes about her childhood and upbringing in uh, in communist Albania. Okay. In the beginning of uh, the nineties and uh, late eighties, and it was um, it was it, it's a beautifully written book, but it's also very um, it was kind of eye opening. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm. I'm just gonna leave it there. But it was. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Mm. Which author or book never fails to make you laugh? Uh, the Swedish. Uh, author and uh, artist Mua, Romano Mua Romanova does uh, these hilarious and tragic and beautiful graphic novels that I can read. Okay. Uh, how many? I've read I don't know even how many times and I always laugh. <laughs> that's that's the, the very definition of uh, great literature and, and literature classics. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ellen Strömberg. This was Literature from Finland brought to you by Helsinki Literary Agency and hosted by me, Urte. Special thanks to Petri Latvala for the design and Alessandro Dano for the music and to all the colleagues at the agency. The new season has begun, so don't forget to tune in next episode.